Z, yeah, QT ski, T E N T, T E N T, boom. You looking for sports? Then I got the stats. He on the hot seat, and I got the facts. Who up next to that? Who making the catch? Who just got the sack? I got all of that. T E N T, man, I got the cover. All my stories bread, I top them with butter. Boy, I'm the cutters, coaching in the base. Log on now, you don't wanna wait. Doing interviews, players and their crew. Coverage for you, better than the news. And it worked too, cause I'm all in it. First name Terrence, last name Bennett, and it's not a gimmick. It's just me being you me. That's that T E N T. It's just me being you me. That's that T E N T. Yeah. T-E-N-T Yeah T-E-N-T T-T-S Yeah You are now tuned into T-E-N-T Sports Podcast With Terrence Bennett the Sports all day, every day Bring it in now Let's get it T-E-N-T Sports Keep doing your thing Jordan, who on the Saints defensive end? Wine, what's up, y'all? It's your boy D1, man. I'm I'm really coming out here to co-sign my man, you hear me? Uh, TNT Sports with the podcast, you hear me? Support that man. This is Landon Turner with the New Orleans Saints. Just want to give a quick shout-out to TNT Sports, man. Keep doing your thing. Hey, what's up, everybody? Jamel McMillan here, assistant coach for the New Orleans Pelicans. Uh, just sending a special shout-out to my man, Terrence, of TNT Sports. Uh, Terrence, if you're any type of fan in the New Orleans area, Saints, Pelicans, whomever, make sure you check out the podcast. Make sure you log on to the Instagram page and check out all the content that Terrence has got there. A lot of great stuff for the community. Terrence, we appreciate you. We appreciate you inspiring the fans. We appreciate you keeping the community together. And we're looking forward to hopefully having a great offseason and uh, rolling this thing into next season. So, uh, if again, tune in to the podcast. Make sure you leave some comments. Make sure you give some feedback. And uh, we look forward to seeing you next season. All right? Go Pels. Hey, this is Jabari Greer, former Saint and world champion. I want to invite you to listen to T-ENT Podcast with my, my guy Terrence. This is a podcast that's taken the world by storm. That's T-ENT, the podcast. You can download it on the Apple Store. Now go check it out and support it. You won't be disappointed. All right, thank you. What's up, what's up? This is pro basketball athlete C.J. Rivers. Just want to give a quick shout-out to my boy Terrence Bennett for allowing me to tell a little bit of my story and having me on this podcast. I salute you, man. I appreciate you. Good morning. This is TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 65. And this morning, I have my guy, Coach Brandon Rosenthal, with me this morning. Brandon, what's going on? Thanks again for being on my show. What's happening? appreciate you having me on the podcast. Okay. Uh, so let's go ahead and get into it. Uh, Coach, can you tell, about, tell my people a little bit about yourself? Yeah, you know what? Uh, originally grew up in uh, Tucson, Arizona. Uh, went to school in uh, upstate New York at St. John Fisher College. And uh, ever since then, I've kind of lived all over. So uh, luckily, uh, kind of the, the game of basketball brought me back to, uh, to my home state. Uh, been back in Phoenix for the last, uh, last three years and, uh, and living now with my fiance. Cool, cool. Now, okay, Coach, you started out coaching with the NBA G League, the NAS Suns, the Northern Arizona Suns. Then you ended up in the NBA coaching with the Phoenix Suns. Can you give us a rundown on how that transition was going from coaching G League to the NBA? Yeah, and, and I'll even uh, go back a step further. I started, uh, I got into coaching, it was at the college level. And it's funny to me that the uh, after now experiencing both the G League and the NBA, 
NBA, the G League is actually a lot like college. Um, even more specifically, it's a lot like junior college. I don't mean that in a bad way. It's, uh, I guess the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that, you know, at college level, you spend, as a coach, so much time with your players. Um, and it's, it's really about building relationships with guys and mentoring them and giving them guidance and then really preparing them for whatever the next stage of their, their lives are. And at the, uh, at the G League level, it's very similar. Um, you know, and, and the reason I compare it to junior college is nobody plans on being there for very long. It's, uh, it's a short-term experience, and it's about moving on to whatever that next job is. And so you spend uh, that season or the duration of, uh, of the time in the G League uh, really just prepping for, for that next job. And so it's, the G League is about trying to get guys uh, as many tools as you can in their toolbox um, and, and try to help them be able to go make more money somewhere else. And so uh, it's, uh, it's a fun level. Uh, so I really enjoyed working at the G League level. And, and then the big difference is when you make the jump to the NBA is, uh, is again, that relationship piece. You know, the, at the NBA level, players are pulled in so many different directions, uh, whether it's appearances, whether it's, uh, it's, it's stuff with, for their own brand, uh, their schedule is such that uh, you're probably not spending as much time together. So uh, you really have to work as a coach to build relationships with players at the NBA level, um, you know, even tenfold uh, than you do at the, at the college level or uh, the G League level. So um, both, uh, both levels are a lot of fun, though, and, and have been a great experience. Cool. Now, when was the first time you picked up a basketball? Um you know, we've talked in the past, uh, I started getting into the sport uh, a little bit late. Um, actually, uh, grew up playing a lot of other different sports and, you know, I hadn't played a sport uh, with a lot of my friends from school. And so the, the sport that I picked was, was basketball. And, you know, again, if you, if you looked at me, I'm only uh, I'm a little shy at like 5'9", so I don't know why of all the sports, that's the sport that I picked. But, uh, you know, growing up in, in a place like Tucson, um, it's where the University of Arizona is, and so basketball is, is king in that city. And so, um, you know, I thought I'd give basketball a try, and I fell in love with the sport. Uh, fell in love mainly with the sport because uh, you just you, you go to any school um, in town, and, and every uh, every workout facility's got a gym, and so you could always you know be working on your game. And um, a lot of other sports require you know more people to participate or require you to pay something. So it was kind of uh, it was a sport where, you know, you get out of it what you put into it. So um, it, was, uh, it was it was a sport that I just fell in love with just because you could be at the gym 24-7. So um, started playing in middle school and, and then uh, all the way up through college. Okay. When did you decide that you wanted to be a coach? Uh, you know what? Uh, so real early on, um, when I went through the, process in high school, one of the first things I'd bring up with coaches was that I wanted to get into uh, into college coaching. And so uh, the school that I picked, St. John Fisher College, the reason I picked that school was because uh, the head coach that recruited me there, Rob Cordiker, he'd sit there and he'd talk about, you know, the profession and what it's like to be a coach. And and then we talked about, you know, uh, me getting into coaching once my playing career came to a finish. So... Uh, so I knew even before, uh, you know, really when I got right into the sport that uh, that's what I wanted to do. You know, I wanted to help people, and I wanted to, uh, to obviously, uh, you know, be around uh, be around sports. And so it just kind of 
seemed like a good marriage, right? Uh, to, to help people and, and still work in sports. And so that's why I, I chose the, the career path of coaching. Okay. Now you was 29 when you joined the Phoenix Suns uh, staff after one year as an assistant coach for the NBA G League. What was that feeling of making that jump to the NBA that young? Uh, cool feeling. Um, you know, it's uh, it's funny you say 29 and I feel like that's old. And the reason I say that is just because of how young our, our roster is uh, in Phoenix. Uh, we got a young young group of guys, and um, you know that uh, that transition is actually I think it, it's sometimes even helpful um, to sometimes be closer in age to guys. Just it makes it easier sometimes to relate to them and understand what they got going on, maybe more so off the court than anything else. So. Uh, it was a cool experience. Um, you know, definitely have enjoyed uh, the uh, the different experiences I've had at the, at the professional level and some of the different relationships that I've been able to make. Cool. Now, what's some of the things you do during pregame to get your guy ready to play? Yeah, pregame is a good question. Um, you know, pregame is a, is an inexact science. Uh, a lot of the times, especially for young guys. They uh, they don't they haven't even perfected what their pregame routine looks like. Uh, you know, pregame is about getting your mind right, getting your body right, uh, get yourself to a place where uh, you can perform at your very best uh, when your best is needed. And so, um, you know, everything from you know the music you listen to to uh, you know what you do with your body, what you do on a court, um, you know, watching film. Just uh, different types of conversations that you want to have to again, get your mind right for the game, whether it's talking about the opponent, talking about what you need to do. So uh, it's, it's a wide variety of things, and, and usually it takes you know two to three years for guys to perfect what their pregame routine looks like. And, uh, and so as a coach, it's kind of your job to help guide guys down that path. But um, you want guys to take ownership of their pregame routine and, and find something that they like that gives them a level of confidence. And, uh, and, and just, you know, embrace it. And so by the time you start working with guys that are, are vets and been in it for a little bit, um, they know exactly what their routine uh, entails and what they want to get accomplished. And so then as a coach, you're really just there more to, to support than anything else. Okay. Now, I know, I know you're engaged, you're getting married in a few months. How do you balance basketball and being engaged in your relationship? How do you balance it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's a good question too, man. It's uh, it's it's tough, um, you know, and, and, and both people have to want to do it. Um, but I think that's a big part of the reason why, um, you know, I, I'm getting married to, to the woman that I'm getting married to. Um, you know, she uh, she makes it very easy for me to want to take a break. Uh, you know, I think if you ask anybody else that I've, I've dated prior, they tell you that you know all I do is work and um, it's all basketball 24/7. So. Uh, with at least with uh, with my fiance, um, you know I'm excited to, to go home and, and spend time with her. It does get tough when you're on the road. You know, road trips can range from you know 24 hours to uh, to 10 days sometimes. And you know, some of those longer extended road trips, you know, you definitely got to make time to, to talk and catch up. Um, but uh, you know, again, it's like communication. It's uh, it's understanding where each person is coming from and what they need. But it is uh, it's definitely a challenge. It's not an easy thing to go through for for either person but um you know especially for for the spouse um so i uh i credit her to uh you know giving me the opportunity to do what i love and um you know she's a great supporter of it because she knows that you know I, I love what i do okay now if you had a chance to coach any two players ever who would they be and why uh you know what 
Phil Jackson's coach that was my coach myself. <laughs> okay. And what are some of the greatest highlights in your career so far? Um, you know what? Uh, went to the NBA playoffs with uh, with the Houston Rockets, uh, which was a, which was a pretty cool experience. And needless to say, it was kind of what convinced me that I wanted to stay at this level. Uh, college, uh, won a couple championships in college. Uh, those were neat experiences. But probably more so than anything else, has been the relationship with players. Uh, like you mentioned, getting married here in July and uh, having players that I've coached come back to the wedding, um, talking to guys that are you know now playing overseas or running into guys that are uh, you know, playing in the NBA now and, and getting to catch up with them and um, you know have obviously a, a unique relationship that's completely separate from uh, the, the profession of, of basketball. Um, that's that's me has been the most rewarding thing. Uh, experience so far for me in my career. Okay, cool. How did you feel about the NBA season this year overall? A lot of people saying that the NBA wasn't good this year, and some people saying that it was the best season they ever they ever seen. What do you think as a coach? Uh, that, so, you know, I, I, don't, uh, I don't pay too much attention as to what uh, what's going on in the media as far as, you know, coverage with, uh, with the NBA and stuff, but it is, uh, it's an entertainment business, so is the responsibility of, of the you know the coaches, the players, management to put you know um, you know in the NBA in general put a great product out on the floor and something that the fans enjoy well, watching and being a part of as well. So um, my hope is that people didn't think it was a bad NBA season. You know, again, it is it is a long season. I think the number one thing you hear people complain about is like a regular season game can be kind of boring. Um, players do have the ability to turn it on and, and teams that are uh, in contention, you know, they, they just want to get a high seed, try to get home court advantage, uh, and then really ultimately be healthy come playoff time. So sometimes that, that random Tuesday night game, you know, uh, with a, you know, a top Western Eastern Conference team or, to, you know, a bottom, bottom uh, Eastern Western Conference team, uh, sometimes those games can, can lack uh, a little bit of, you know, competitive nature. So uh, that's why the playoffs are so great. You know, every every possession means something. Everybody's trying to uh, to win in advance. Um, it's when you see a lot of the, the one-on-one competitions come out and, and a lot of the, the cool storylines that come out of the playoffs come out because everybody's putting their best foot forward. So you can definitely understand why the regular season can drag on a little bit. Um, you experience it uh, on every level, uh, regardless of what role you have within an organization. But uh As far as playoff basketball, it's been exciting to me. Like, like I said earlier, the Daly and Ben Simmons going back and forth, and then uh, the Damian Lillard and Russell Westbrook going. So that was, it's, it's still exciting. It's still getting better and better, I think. No, I, I completely agree with you. I think that's what makes uh, the playoffs real exciting. It's, it's, this is the time when, you know, again, fans uh, fans build up some of the, you know, the competition that's going on out on the floor. And, get to see, you know, guys uh, really own their roles and, and start to lead their teams. And so big shots, you know, Dame's, uh, you know, shot to, to win that series against Oklahoma City. Um, that's going to go down in history. They'll replay that for, for many years to come. And um, so it's, uh, it's those storylines that uh, definitely make, make the NBA exciting, especially at this time of year. Yeah, especially when you gave them that look at the end. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of memes going on right now with that. Yeah, I, I made a meme about it. <laughs> Uh, oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, I did. Uh, 
who you got winning it all this season? Um, I'm I'm going with Golden State. Uh, I just they've got uh, they're, they're just there's so much margin for error with those guys. You know they they can have their entire team can play very average, and if one player just plays well, um, you know any any one of their their big three. Um, and you know and Draymond's really stepped up his game too this playoff series. Um, they're they're gonna be the toughest out. You know everybody else has to play nearly perfect basketball. Maximize what they're capable of to, to really compete with Golden State. Golden State um, can play very average and still win a win a playoff series. So uh, they've been through the big games, they've won championships. They know what it's about. Being tied, I know right now two two with, with Houston is not an intimidating thing for them. Um, you know, I think uh, the best thing Houston can obviously do for themselves is try to go win this next game and maybe put Golden State on, on their heels. But at the same time, that, that may give you uh, get you their best shot too. So. State, I'm cool. Uh, I mean, go, but you got to beat them though, and they they bench just as good as they starters, so yes. it, it's hard to really say. But I don't see a tough out. It is a tough out. So uh, it, and it's funny how people have made a big deal about Houston playing uh, Golden State this round instead of the Western Conference Finals, which may actually be helping Houston. Um, you know, not that uh, any you know even if Houston were to advance, playing Denver, Portland's still going to be an extremely tough series as well. So there's no. There's no easy out of the playoffs. That's what makes the playoffs so great. Yeah, I wouldn't mind seeing Houston win. Honestly, I think that'd be good for the city too. Yeah, you know Chris Paul's a champion. Um, even if he doesn't have a uh, have a title to his name, he is a champion, and and so uh, I would be excited to see Chris Paul get one. I think uh, I think he's he's earned one over the course of his career. Uh, I was in Houston for a year with those guys, and, and it's incredible how much better uh, James has gotten. And, and the level of uh, basketball he's playing right now, like he's, he's one of the best players on the planet. So um, that would be uh, that be that be a huge uh, huge defeat and um, huge series win if, uh, if Houston can figure out a way to advance. Yeah, and you know Jamel, uh, you coach with him in Phoenix. Um, he was here in New Orleans, but me and him talk all the time. You know, he played with James in um, college. Yes. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know Jamel will be excited to see uh, James get a championship too. So, for sure, no doubt about it. Now, like I said earlier, I, I had an interview with Romeo Travis, LeBron James, best friend. They played high school ball together. They was in, he was in more than a game with LeBron. So me and him chopped it up for a while. But I even asked him, I didn't record it, record that part, but I asked him, do you consider his friend LeBron the goat? And so, how you feel about him with that title? Do we deserve that title right well, now? Well, what did his best friend say? <laughs> did he say he was the uh, I mean, of course he gonna say yeah. That's his, I mean, that's his friend. But uh, I, me, I'm a LeBron fan. But I think I ain't gonna say just the goat in basketball. I just say the goat all over the whole everything. It's as far as a person too. Yeah, no, I, LeBron is he's unbelievable, and he's he's definitely in the conversation. Um, you know, I think I think for this generation, he is. Um, you know, you and I are around the same age, so take a step back. It's you know, we saw kind of um, you know, Kobe in his prime when we were real young, and then to say that we saw Michael in his prime, um, you know, again, we were, we were real young for that, so I think sometimes it's hard to kind of have a good perspective. Um, but if you go back and you watch film on, on the things Jordan was doing, uh, you hear some of the stories about Kobe and, and the way he approached the game. Um, you know, 
the results obviously speak for themselves. Uh, but to me, it's probably Jordan. Um, you know, I think LeBron is is as tough of a player to prepare for as anybody. Um, you know, got to prepare for his mind first and foremost. Uh, but you also got to talk about him as a screener, as a defender, as a you know as a passer. Like um, you don't even get to his scoring until it's like fourth or fifth on the list of things that he does. It's you know just absolutely exceptional. He's uh, a basketball savant. So uh, to me, though. Uh, you know, my argument's going to start with Jordan, and it's just because of, of how effortless the game is for him and the big shots that he makes and, and the challenges that he took on uh, as a player. Uh, you just, like, there, there's just a level of effortlessness for him uh, that, uh, that ultimately resulted in just winning basketball. Um, and, you know, he owns, his team has owned some of the best uh, team records uh, in NBA history. Um, so to me, like, that's, that's the guy right there. I think Kobe's a close second, and then, um, LeBron is, uh, is definitely in that conversation. Um, there's not too big of a gap there, but, uh, but LeBron will probably be third on that list for me. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they, he definitely in the conversation with him because I feel like Jordan, Kobe, and LeBron, when everybody else out partying and stuff, they working out. Um, yeah, I mean, I follow there's, yeah. there's, uh, there's, there's a dog mentality from, uh, from all three of those guys for sure. Yeah, definitely. Now, we'll get off basketball for a second. Do you have a favorite NFL team uh, since football season right around the corner? Oh, man. I, that's how I know you're from New Orleans because I know <laughs> talking to Jamel, man. Uh, New Orleans football comes first. Yeah. Uh, it's all about the Saints out there. But, uh, you know, especially this time of year. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big supporter of the NFL. Uh, you know, growing up in Arizona, probably a Cardinals fan first and foremost. You know, when I was in New York uh, for college. Uh, the Giants won a Super Bowl, so it was fun to follow those guys. When I coached in college, I was out in the Bay Area and followed the 49ers a little bit. But uh, uh, definitely rooting for the Cardinals. Uh, big fan of Larry Fitzgerald, and, and you know he represents that organization in the state of Arizona. Uh, you know, he's a first-class um, human being, and, and would love to see him, uh, you know, get a Super Bowl. I don't know if it's going to happen, but would love to see him go out on top um, and have a great season this, you know, this upcoming year. So. Uh, definitely, definitely a Cardinals fan, probably first and foremost. Yeah, y'all got the, the high-end quarterback, though, Murray. So. I know, I know. We'll see, uh, we'll see what he can do once he gets on the field at, you know, at the NFL level. So people are uh, obviously very high on him, so we'll see, what, uh, see what he can do. Cool, cool. Well, that's that's all I got, Brandon, man. That's all I have. Do you have any shout-outs? Uh, no shout-outs today, but I uh, just wanted to say thanks for, thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Enjoyed the conversation. Appreciate you, man. Again, thanks for taking time to be on my show. All right, this is TNT Sports Podcast, episode number 65. Good morning. Sports all day, every day. Bring it in now. Let's get it. Get it.